Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, welcome. How's everybody doing? We are so glad you're with us today. A lot going on. I don't know who wrote that song. John knows. Um, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> and it's not just in here is it getting hot. It's just hot all over the place. And I'm not just talking about the your barometer. Um, I'm talking about this Trump situation. No, I didn't um, listen to his speech. I have someone here who did, and they're going to share with us a little bit about the antics. But I'm on Facebook, (laughs) so it looks like everybody else saw and heard his speech. Um, I just wish everybody would do like um, Sister Jenna had on our show, and that's Meditate the Vote. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, um, you know, Ted Cruz did a really brave thing. Ted Cruz did a, amazingly brave thing and i'm proud of him do you know what he said he said i don't let people talk about my wife and my father i'm like whoa yeah he showed uh some guts on that yes he did and i'm proud of him and i i i pray that nothing comes back to haunt him because what he told the truth and you know that's what we all must do so i'm hoping people will meditate the vote um it's so important we're living, we're living in a, a time where um, everything you do matters, even though you think it doesn't. I hear so much. I don't know about you, John, but I've heard so many people say because Bernie didn't win that they're not voting at all. Um, they got to know that not voting is a vote for the other person. And um, it's a sad commentary. So come on, folks. Um, shake it off. You got a few more months. You know, check in your inner circles and see who has not registered to vote, get them registered um, so that we can have a good showing uh, come in November. It's important. Uh, I don't even know what other word to use. It's urgently important. How about that? Um, I, I just, we've made a mockery out of democracy and I have a grandson that's two and I hope it's all cleaned up by the time he's our age or gets older. It's just too much going on right now. Um, D.L. Hughley, who's been on every radio circuit this week, he has a new hashtag that says, it's just too much. Because it is, it's just too much. It's like every time you wake up, it's just so much. That's why we're so um, awesomely excited about our guest today. And he's a friend of the station, so we're just glad to have him back. Um, Chief Ronnie Williams, can we get a hand? Um, it's, it's, 
it's awesome that um, he served as chief in a time where things weren't as devastating, but he saw the writing on the wall. Um, he's retired now. How long have you been retired? Since 2008. Whoa. So you've been able to sit back and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cross my legs and watch. <laughs> Good way to put it. Um, Chief, first of all, tell us when you actually got started in um, the police force and how you moved up in the ranks and what happened at the very end. And then we're going to go on with uh, what's going on today. I started October 15th, 1973 um, and went after graduation directly to the Hall of Justice Jail. From there, I went to uh, General Hospital Jail Ward, LCMC. Then from there to Lenox Station, where I did my patrol time with uh, my training officer, Curtis Howard, who was a Dorsey graduate. All right. And uh, I worked there in patrol, uh, became a training officer training other deputies in patrol. Then uh, I went to my passion and work gangs with some outstanding gang investigators uh, who taught me the ropes, uh, Herb Jerome and Ken Bell, and my my good friend and partner, Paul Bradley, that I worked with and I worked gangs for six and a half years. Mm. Um, made sergeant and went to Crescenta Valley Sheriff Station. And as a sergeant, I, I, I worked patrol. And then I, I left uh, there and, and went on some um, assignments for the sheriff. I went to the, on loan from homicide to the coroner's office mm. um, and for six months. And then I came back, uh, worked internal affairs. Then I made lieutenant and went back to the jail, unfortunately, for a little bit. <laughs> then I went on another on assignment. On this side of the jail, y'all, on this side. Yes. Not the other side, on this side. <laughs> then I, I went back to um, the jail for a, a, a short time and went on another assignment for Sheriff Block uh, to uh, the L.A. County Safety Police to professionalize the organization, get them post-certified where they become their own department. Mm -hmm. uh, then I came back to Lenox as a lieutenant uh, for a year. And actually, it had gotten worse than it was when I left as a deputy. Wow. It was remarkable. And then after that, I um, became the acting captain at Altina Station and became their captain. As a captain, I worked there for four years. Then uh, I went over to Narcotics Bureau as the captain. Then the made commander in state detective division. Then was there for a year there, and then I made division chief, and went back into what they call then Region Two. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Lenox, Compton, Century had eight stations and three bureaus. Um, about nineteen hundred to two thousand people. Wow! And uh, did that for four and a half years, and. Um, I saw that it was going to implode, and and uh, me and the only other at the time, uh, uh, Black Division Chief Sam Jones, we walked out the door at the same time. Wow. In 2008. Wow. So how many years totally? 34 and a half. So I just want our listeners to know that this is, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He's been there, and he's been through it. So our biggest question to um, the chief today is, What's different now? <laughs> I know I know. I just opened up the whole <laughs> proverbial can of worms, but there's got to be, Chief, something that's wrong. Because, you know, when you were in it, don't get me wrong, I know people died and people got, I already, I get that. But at the rate that it's going right now, it's, uh, for lack of a better term, it's scary. Yes, and then there's a, a, a lot of different things, and one of them is that uh, we hire individuals that don't have a lot of life experience. Mm -hmm. um, and on our department, we send them to the jail first, and then we go out to patrol, but in other they departments... They get life experience in, right? Yeah, gotcha. in other departments, they go right from the academy into a patrol car. Wow. The other thing is, is that we have in excess of 
16,000 police departments, mm-hmm. which in my opinion is too many. Um, and we do not have a national minimum standard for training you wow. know, police officers. So uh, departments that are well-trained, like the NYPD, Chicago PD, LAPD, LA County Sheriffs, we're really well trained and we make mistakes. Right. So other departments that aren't as well trained, you just have to assume that they're gonna make some mistakes because they're not as well trained. And then you have all these small police departments when you really should regionalize right. and consolidate some of these police departments, mm-hmm. uh, share the cost of police departments and get them where they're better trained to deal uh, with what's going on today. And on top of that is that because of technology, the young people that we hire, um, their communicative skills aren't as good as Mm -hmm. they should be. You mean the verbalization of actually seeing what's on their heart and mind? Yeah, Yeah. they they could do it better if they tweet it or (laughs) Or email or text Mm -hmm. or doing something, but it's, and that it loses some validity when they don't know how to do that. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and then they, they don't know how to talk to people, and then they, they start real high on the bar mm. and, and then find out that the person didn't commit the crime or didn't do something, and they have no place to go when they start this high. Mm-hmm. They start yelling and screaming at people instead of just calling everybody ma'am and sir and starting real low-key and then if you have to escalate your language exactly. or, or what you're going to do, at least you have a, a, a very solid base to start from. You know, this is my question. And, and, you know, the circles that I run in said the same thing that you just shared, that there has to be some problem in the training. There has to be. So if I'm the, up, I'm the high person in an area and I see that my people have more killings what is my due diligence? Well, the, the, the thing is that the ones I've seen uh, since I've been gone, some of the use of force, whether it's uh, hands-on use of force or shooting, some of the, uh, of the actions have been so blatantly wrong mm-hmm. that you don't need a whole lot of time to look and go, that's really wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... The shooting of, of the uh, African-American man running away in, I believe, South Carolina oh, and yeah, shooting right. in the back, you know, stuff like that. Or the guy at the gas station reaching for his registration and gets shot twice. Exactly. Um, I, I believe that, um, and this is biblical, you know, about hate, anger, and fear. That's right. Yeah, uh, talk about that. You put a really good... Um, post it was very well received and it came from your heart and it was just real share a little bit about that because i don't think you know when a person gets stopped that we're thinking those three things yeah (laughs) you know we're just not thinking like that Uh, (laughs) our pastor at mount zion uh pastor uh brian kennedy gave a a great sermon on uh, how people have things build up in them Mm -hmm. And, and then like a tea kettle, you know, it explodes, you know, it, it boils over right. after a while. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the, the buildup of uh, hate, anger, and fear. And dealing with one of them, fear, um, a little fear gives you an edge in, in, in police work and it, it, a little fear is good. Right, yeah, but it, it, it could save your life a yeah. little bit, right. But if it overwhelms <laughs> you, Mm-hmm. where it causes you to do things that you shouldn't do or where, uh, and your training doesn't kick in, uh, that's where you could go wrong because right. fear overtakes you and you do something that is against policy or against the law. And then you, you look at the, the hate part of it. And, look how you said that. You said the fear part, and then you went, the hate part of it yeah. because that's where we are right now yeah then we we have a, a very small percentage of people in, in all the law enforcement and let me say this up front 
95% of the people do a great job. Mm -hmm. Good. But we have 5% of the people that are, are always going to be a problem. And I used to call them knuckleheads. <laughs> you know, they're always going to be a problem. And, and that 5% is constant. And in any organization, you would take those numbers and be satisfied with it because 95% of the people right. are outstanding people. Right. But when you get some that hate they're really going to make a bad mistake because you're going to mix that, that hate with the fear. And then yeah. you have these type of shootings and you have these type of uses of force where they're beating people that are stopped for traffic violations, not even misdemeanors or felonies, just traffic violations. Like the gentleman the other day, and I, 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 I don't remember his name, but he had a um, <coughs> handicapped person with him and he was walking. He's a therapist. But I was a therapist and he was walking you know, the handicapped person with him, and I don't know why the police even came. Somebody said they, someone called and said somebody had a gun. Mm. So they stopped him. He, They told him to get down. He did. I mean, every picture on Facebook shows him with his arms up where he can't even move, and he's talking to his client, asking his client to be quiet because he's special needs. You know, special needs, um, they need a, a certain type of communication, especially when they're out like that. And the officer shot him three times. Yeah, he shot him in the leg. Yeah, and, and it was uh, only by the grace of God. He That's it. He didn't die. But the question was, he said, why did you shoot me? And the officer said, I don't know. Fear. Exactly. Fear. You know, fear. Especially from what what's going on right now. Yeah, fear is... I believe a lot of it is fear, mm -hmm. and and a very very small percentage of it is hate, and then something that's a little bit bigger is anger. Mm. When things escalate like that, and you uh, you get people that become angry and lash out, and they they they, they want to do more than than they should do in in uh, apprehending somebody or. Uh, arresting somebody and you have that you have that anger and, 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 and really more than they're authorized to do because they don't they're not authorized to kill some unarmed person no no I mean you use uh, the force necessary to uh, affect an arrest mm -hmm. or if you have somebody that you need you want them to move a certain place and um, this is where the communication comes in and you say sir I need you to move over here and and when you start at that low level, then if, if you get some resistance mm -hmm. and you escalate y your um, mannerisms and your language, then you, you're justified in doing that. But when you start immediately with... Way uh, up there. Yeah, and, and calling people pejorative terms and right. yelling and screaming, you, you have nowhere to go after that. Mm -hmm. You know, you you effectively lost control of a situation. And I see now... I mean, they're all on YouTube all the time. You see these events because everybody has a video camera on their everybody. phone now. Everybody. And you, and you see these events and you go, how did this happen? Right. There's a lady that it just came out. It was in 2015 in Austin, Texas. And the chief just found out about it because his subordinates didn't tell him. Ouch. Uh, the officer uh, snatched an uh, African-American lady out the car and threw her on the ground then arrested her, and then the other officer that took her uh, to jail said, well, the reason why that happened to you because your people are known to be violent. Oh. And, and, and the, the chief now is highly embarrassed sure. about the whole thing because his subordinates never told him that this what happened. What even happened? Yeah. And again, that, that is the organizational structure Mm -hmm. People trying to hide things from the chief, mm -hmm. and 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 no checks and balances, no training for After, the use of force. I just don't understand. I I can't understand how we in America, I could see in other countries that um, don't have um, the civilian setups like we do. You know, the hierarchy, the the milestones, the the way to do things. I could see that because we send people over there to train them. I get that. But I can't understand how we can give a gun to an untrained person. Happens all the time. I see. It happens all the time, especially in these small, little, out-of-the-way places with their own police department. Because 
A lot of these cities really don't need their own police department, but they have it because they want to have control over them. They mm -hmm. want to be able to 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 use them for whatever they want mm -hmm. uh, to use them for. And and a lot of this, when you you see some of the lack of communication, you see some of the lack of training on how to use force and when to use force. It's because of this. That's why I say we should regionalize and. And, and we should have a national minimum standard, especially when it comes into the use of force, right. use of deadly force, uh, how to communicate with people, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know how to affect an arrest, and and how to um, just be professional. Because what I've seen, we've gotten away from is a police department should be not an occupying force in the community. Mm -hmm. It should be a partnership within that community. Absolutely, you get more. You get yeah, a lot you more. more. We, yeah. You know, we had mm -hmm. shared from we had clergy councils, we had citizen I councils. That. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that people that if they didn't come to us and find out information, they could go to those people mm -hmm. who we've trained to find out the the proper in information. And so, uh, what happened? The uh, uh, the next administration didn't want it, or. I mean, because it didn't cost anything. Well, a lot, a lot of police departments don't invest in that type of, mm -hmm. in their organization, don't invest in that in the, those type of uh, organizational skills that you need to have. For instance, you know, an officer is there for eight or ten hours. Mm -hmm. Those people live there twenty four seven. There you go. They know what the issues are mm -hmm. in their community, more so than you know because you're just there eight or 10 hours. Right, right. When, what we did when I was captain Altadena, we made a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And then we had our volunteers, our explorers, our reserve deputies uh, for a solid week or two, try to go to every household and hand out the questionnaire and and have them fill out the questionnaire on what are the issues in this community was it drugs gangs parking mm -hmm. burglaries whatever or other right. write what you want and uh we gathered all that information and then we had a town hall meeting and what we found out mm -hmm. was on one side of town where we thought oh okay their issues are the same on this side of town it wasn't mm -hmm. One side of town is not they, a cookie cutter thing. No, right. one side of town they, the issue was parking. Right, and right. on the, this other side of town the issue was gangs. Okay, but we wouldn't have known that without, if, that. If, without that. And then, when you bring people from the community inside your station, and make them stakeholders in solving issues in the community, it works better. Yeah. I mean, we had our clergy council. Uh, our clergy, uh, all our uh, people in the clergy council, they rode once a month with some deputy. They were on call. If we had a, a homicide or mm -hmm. something, they were on call they and roll out. So if they could, with the people that were affected by mm -hmm. the homicide, they could be there to And support you're talking about them. L.A. He's yeah. talking about L.A. He's not talking about some little small town somewhere in the Midwest. He's talking about Los Angeles, California, right here. Yeah. I mean, you know, so we, we had... And not only that, but when we had, if we had a shooting and 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 often involved shootings, those those uh, same clergy people would be there for our deputies, absolutely to, to comfort them, to talk with them, uh, to give them some support, mm -hmm. and because um, when when a cop shoots somebody, it's very traumatic. Uh, it's been my experience. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. When I was at Lenox for, for the year, we had 10 shootings. I handled nine of them. And I could honestly say that I never saw one of my deputies that was involved in the shooting that wanted to be in that position. Got it. They, 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 they were traumatized by being in that position and doing what they had to do. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I had one guy who... He, I get there, I said, what happened? I couldn't understand anything he was saying. Oh, yeah. he, he, he was, you know, his pulse was off the charts. I mean, mm -hmm. I could feel his heart beating through his vest. 
Uh, I went and told him getting something to drink at the McDonald's, walked away from him, mm-hmm. let him right, calm down. down, and then asked him again, and then he, he told me what happened, uh, him and his partner. So I know firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, some people, this myth about, oh, yeah, they, they slap high fives. And do, no, that's not what happens. Right. You know, because on the sheriff's department and LAPD and all these other big departments, we have more reviews than a, than a, a good movie. Okay, gotcha. We have force review. We have shooting reviews. We, we review everything. And then on the, on the outside looking in, we have the DA's office that does their review. And then we had a, 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 a team of civil rights attorneys on the sheriff's department that did their review uh, of, of force and, and, and shooting. So we so, have all so these people. Let's get back to my question. So what's going on now? And, and when I say that, we know there's a disconnect somewhere. We know that trust is nowhere. I, I don't, I've never felt any problem when a police car went by me, never. Now I go, where's my registration? Do I need to reach for my life? What do I need? Let me put everything out now. I'm telling that's the truth. Yeah, I And mean, I should not feel that way. I mean, I'm even uncomfortable about that. And I have a badge. Exactly. And let me tell you what happened to a badge person in New York. I just got the story today. He is the second in command chief in New York. Yeah, he's the highest black. Highest black. De- deputy chief. He's the highest black ranking person in NYPD. Right. And two officers stopped him. Two of his white own officers. Yeah, of yeah. his own department and didn't know who he was. Yeah. And, 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 and heckled and, him and, and everything. him and everything. Wow. And now, they got like, reprimanded. I don't know what that means, but, you know. Yeah, he, uh, they're probably going to get disciplined behind it, but how does that happen? How does it? You know, when you walk into any city place, any county place, the police chief, the governor, the mayor, you know, all those pictures are on the wall. Yeah. And he had to be the only yeah. African-American. And when he showed his... Uh, badge and everything, they said, oh, we don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. They said, we don't believe you. Or or in, this is another one happened in New York where they arrested the postman. I saw that. They arrested the guy who delivers who the mail. Who was delivering the mail. Because he crossed the street and they almost hit him and he, he yelled at him. Then they all jump out and then they arrest him. You know, they, they left t- his mail and everything. They right. arrested they him. They tackled him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then, of course. He had on mail clothes. Yeah. And they were uh, in an unmarked car right. and, and mm-hmm. plain clothes. And speeding down the street. And and they got relieved of their, their jobs. They're in, back in, in uniform. And probably something's going to happen to them, too. Because uh, Braddon's not going to. He yeah. hates to be embarrassed. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> Too but, late. But these type of things happen, and it's like, how does that happen? Okay, I'm going to ask you another question, Chief. Is it happening more, or are we just paying more attention? I think it's a, a little bit of both, but okay. like I said, they everybody has a video camera yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. When, when I was pushing a radio car, <laughs> no one had that, mm-hmm. and it was... Our word against their word. Yeah, but you didn't kill nobody. Yeah, and, and the citizens' word. And, and then, on the other hand, you know, with the lack of technology then, if we got into a fight with a suspect, mm-hmm. neighbors were calling the station saying, hey, you better come out and help your deputies. Oh. They're fighting somebody. <laughs> oh, right. There's now that might not be the case right. because we're, we're treating areas like we're occupying them, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're like just, a police state. Yeah, yeah, like we're just here to, to do this and take people to jail. We don't want a relationship mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have uh, any conversation with right. you. We don't want to say hi to your children. We we don't want that. We just want to come here, do this, take people to jail, and, and go Mess away. Mess up your family, and we don't care about yeah. it because we live on the other side of town. There is a disconnect there between a disconnect. communities and their police departments, mm-hmm. and no one really wants to recognize that and the other part is which is disturbing is that people are politicizing 
law enforcement. Of course. They are politicizing it for their own gain. And, and, and you politicize it, but then on the other hand, you want to mess with our pension plans. Mm. You want to uh, get rid of our, 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 our unions. You want to do all that other stuff, reduce our pay. But now, because it's you have a political need right. for us to be on your side, you know, all yeah. of a sudden you're concerned about us. You know, it, it shouldn't take a tragedy that happened in Dallas or happened in Baton Rouge mm -mm. for you to pay attention mm -hmm. to the men and women that go out there every day That's right. and do this type of work. It shouldn't take that. You should have paid attention to them from day one. Mm -hmm. You should supply, uh, reinstitute the, the COPS program uh, that caters to community relations. Mm -hmm. you, you should uh, reinstitute uh, uh, training that we need, equipment that we need, right. uh, and, and, and establish these national standards that, um, that cops that, need that to do their job. They're non-existent. Tell me this, whose job is that? I, when I say that, I don't, I'm not talking about the 16,000, because I don't even know that was that many. 16,000, really? Yes. Whoa. I didn't know that there were 16,000 police departments in all of the United States. I had no idea. But what I'm saying is, so who's, you know, on the branch of hierarchy of America, whose job is it? Well, if, it, if, we, if we're looking at a national uh, minimum standard And we got training, to. We got to. We're, mm -hmm. we're looking at the, the federal government take the lead in that, that they establish a national minimum standard of training. Uh, our government is just not working well right now because there's, it, oh, he's kidding. He's yeah. kidding. It, it's about that buildup again of yeah. anger, you know, hatred and fear. Yeah. It, it's just not working well because uh, we got Democrats, we got Republicans, and and I didn't care anything about that. I, I, I cared about my deputies. Right. Good for I you. I didn't care if they were Republicans or Democrats. I never asked or Green Party or Greenpeace or whatever it was. <laughs> I want them to be alive. Right. I want them to work well treat people well mm -hmm. i want to treat them well you want them to go home to their families you want the families they involved with yeah. go back home to their families right yeah I, I, that's what i wanted mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't care about all this other stuff but now with them using law enforcement as a political football mm -hmm. and some law enforcement executive involved in this being a political football mm -hmm. um this is going to pass, too, because as soon as everything calms down, they're going to forget about these, these men and women out there pushing radio cars and doing the dirty work. I'm hoping it never calms down, really. I'm hoping that we pass that. I'm hoping that because if, if it comes down, then the people who cause these kinds of um, challenges are going to do something else. So I'm hoping, that's why I'm asking a question, if it's federal... I mean, is it the vice president of the United States? Is it the secretary? I don't know. Somebody has to step up and say, you know what? Let me handle this. Well, the, you know, the president had, has had a few meetings now with law enforcement, and I think he and the people that he has gotten around him, it, they will establish a minimum standard. I'm, I'm hoping that happens. Okay. But it's, it's going to take that. It's going to take... I think uh, the opportunity to regionalize and and, con and condense. But some that's of these only fair. If you look at something like the Catholic Church, um, and I'm just on some boards with the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. every Catholic Church runs the same. Mm -hmm. Everyone. So you can't walk in there and say, "I want purple walls." Not here. This is how we are. So you go to each church or each school, and that's how they teach and everything. It's the same. I guess what I want to ask is about this standard for mental health screening. I think we, last time you were here, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when you say the, the hatred, the fear, and, um, you know, and the anger, uh, I'm wondering if that is being detected in these screenings before someone becomes a police officer. And then once they are a police officer, you said they're under heavy review. 
is there anywhere for them to speak to somebody or have support groups within the force where they can, you know, vent and get this stuff out and maybe That's discuss things? Because it's it just seems like, one, that there isn't good screening before right. they become an officer. Or maybe they're becoming corrupt when they're on the force. Um, you or know, maybe they're so callous yeah, till they know how to answer yeah, questions or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just wondering what's the pre-screening and then once they're on the force, what is involved with, you know, making sure that they are um, in good mental health. Right. That's key. Uh, they, they're given a psychological prior to coming on the department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, they, they're given a lie detector test and the psychological. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, like my drill instructor told me in the academy, he says, 10% of you will slide through, <laughs> but will get you later. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and a lot of it is that um, uh, some people become jaded yeah. w- when they're in, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they, uh, they start to do things not on the level of what we want them to do, mm-hmm. but on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I, I used to tell deputies all the time, from, the, from shooting someone to talking to someone, mm-hmm. you're conducting county business. It should never be personal. It's it's the business part of it. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing things on a personal level, it may not be in in direct, it may be in direct conflict with uh, the rules and regulations mm-hmm. of this organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it may be in conflict with the laws of the state yeah. of California. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when you get in fights and, and other things, I used to tell them, there's no need for name calling. You don't know that person. Mm-hmm. You just do what you need to do to get control, yeah. and that's it. But once you start to name call, you're starting to personalize what yeah. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Then it's me and you and not... I'm the police officer, yeah. you're the citizen. It's, you know. It's kind of like what we talked about before, like they're imploding and then exploding. Exactly, right yeah. there. You know, and I'm just wondering, do they have any support within the force of yeah. focus groups or support groups or anything like that we, where they can. We have a whole health and safety unit. Okay. That where they can actually go and talk to somebody and and it it's still that doctor-patient confidentiality thing. Oh, yeah, sure, thing. sure. Mm-hmm. And. and and they could get help through anything, whether it's a personal issue at home mm-hmm. or whether there's an issue at work. Mm-hmm. They can they have those resources mm-hmm. that are available to them. Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes them feel weaker because they have to use those resources? I don't know. Well, I'm just wondering if they got together in a group and discussed things, not necessarily one-on-one with the therapist, but maybe in a group with the therapist. They have it both ways. They do. Okay. Oh, that's okay. good. They, they have right. it both and ways. And it's, it's up to them, correct? But it's up to them right. to... to yeah. uh, um, get access to uh, the available things, resources, the available resources yeah. that we have mm-hmm. uh, to help them. And, and I know at, at times it's sometimes it's your sergeant, lieutenant, or your captain, mm-hmm. or someone just talking to you. Mm-hmm. I, I remember doing shootings, and, and I would go in and, and, and mm-hmm. say, you okay, you need to call your parents so they know that this happened to you, or mm-hmm. you want to call your wife, and... Mm-hmm. and but sometimes I would just sit with them mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, this is okay. You know, mm-hmm. you, you did what you had to do. He made a decision. You had to make a decision. And yeah. that's just the way it is. And, and sometimes it, it's that reassurance yeah. right. that gets them through something. But right. I, I think there's a disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. between the community and yeah. the police department. But it is. Yeah. Especially if I'm a police officer and I don't feel I have a problem because yeah. I'm a police officer. Yeah. And because I'm a white police officer, I ain't got no problem. And it seems like they're always on edge and that they're going to shoot first before you do. And that, before that they ask a question. Yeah. yeah. They and, and that's the kind of challenges we're having now, Chief. It's like, and you know, I go all the way back to, to Sandra Brand. You know, I have five yeah. daughters and they all drive. And I tell them, you have to you have to be watching out. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you're putting on the blinker or right. your arm or your hand or whatever you have to do because she just didn't put on a blinker and now she's not here to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a daughter and three sons. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially with my boys, mm-hmm. I, I tell them, don't do anything until the officer tells you to do it. Right. And when he, whatever he tells you to do, you just do it. 
Yeah. Because the main thing is that you need get to get home. home. Get yeah. home. That's all. That's the and chant that's right now. I remember last time you said, don't argue with them. Don't, and, and, right. and then if, you know, if there's something you disagree with, just follow their orders and then contact their watch commander. Yeah. And yeah. make your complaint there. Yeah. And if it's a ticket, that's not the place for you to argue a ticket. It's mm-hmm. not a ticket. Yeah. yeah. Really. You, yeah. Go, you go to court to argue yeah. the ticket. Right. And, and yeah. you really gave us some really good insight yeah. last time. I'm just concerned that. The young man that was, um, I believe, was in Baton Rouge, who complied to everything. He complied, and, and this is this is rhetorical. I know it's not you're not in the officer's mind. I know that, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is, when our when we try to teach our our students, our community, mm-hmm. you know, okay, when the officer stops you, stick your hands out the window first or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when people do everything, yeah. then it comes back to what you're saying that fear and and. Uh, um, what was the other two the things? Anger, anger and, and hate. And hate, you know. Mm-hmm. So what do we do again? And we can all talk about this. You know, if you see the hate, I was at an event a few weeks ago and we have a call coming in. You want to okay, yeah, take the call, please. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Let's go ahead and do that. Five six two. Five six two, you're on the air. Yeah, are you guys gonna take questions? Oh, we're glad to. You're Absolutely. live on the air right now with a question. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just curious, um, because it, you know, there's there's sort of a funny little thing that goes on with police officers, and it, it's it's indigenous to our society. We keep forgetting what Martin King told us that we were integrating into a burning house. Mm, good point. Okay, so yeah. you've got a societal, structural, systemic issue that you're trying to address with people who generally only have a high school diploma or a GED in terms of education. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Let's talk about that. You know, put 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 that question out there, perhaps. Okay, um, you're right. A lot of police departments, all you have to have is a high school diploma or a GED. There's some police departments, especially here um, in in California, where you have to have a bachelor's degree first. Um, one of my issues that I always had was that the minimum age is uh, 21, and I always wanted it to mm. be. 25 because the lack of um, just experience and maturity and life experience yeah, that the that mm-hmm. these young people didn't have because we hire from the human race mm-hmm. and we're not going to hire people that have a a a tarnished record so we hire basically good young men and women from uh, for the most part uh, middle class families. Uh, the guys, uh, uh, the men and women are still staying with their parents. Uh, the guys probably never had a fight except with their big sister who beat them up. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we give them a badge and a gun. Yeah. And some of them do not handle that well. Right. Some of them don't understand like we would tell them, when you get that badge and a gun, there's less you can do, not more. Right. You can't right. cuss out your neighbor. You can't talk bad to people because once they know you're in law enforcement, they, they'll file a complaint and we have to investigate that complaint. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people, officers don't realize until it's too late that uh, they are restricted from doing a lot of things once you get that badge and a gun that the average person is not restricted to. And, and if you've been listening, caller, th- that was an excellent question. Thank you so much. And if you've been listening, you can tell that we are really um, – challenged with training of our officers across the board all across the united states and we think that like you say systemic that is one of the biggest challenges what what are your thoughts hello yeah i'm 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 listening to the chief but at 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 the same time i I was his his numbers were interesting because you know he's correct that 95 percent of the people are are great Mm -hmm. okay but i read something uh, another officer had said that actually it's it's more like 15% of the people are outstanding, 15% you probably wouldn't want to hire again, and then there's 70% slide area in there. Okay? Wow. And depending on where they're working and who they're working with, they can okay. either go with the 15 on the top or the 15 on the bottom. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I think those are, I, I think that's much more evident now than um, than it ever was was in, was 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 in the past. So I think that's another consideration that 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 we should perhaps take into 
taken to take take into account. But I think he's he's dead bang and he's he's spot on when he talks about the disconnect between law enforcement and community. But yeah. that's the same disconnect that we have between you know our governmental hierarchy yeah. and our and our and, and our standard citizen anyway. It's and, almost you know, mirrored. You're right. It's almost a mirrored yeah, so, effect. So, so, Absolutely. So, 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 so really, so really, there's nothing really to be surprised about. You know, if we're that disconnected from government and, you know, law enforcement for all intents and purposes, that's some of the only government some neighborhoods see. So that's that, true. That, 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 uh, that, that disconnect is a, is, is a fait accompli. But, you know, for me, it, the surprise is what little um, 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 thought process is put into another human being. That's me. Okay, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how quickly an officer just shoot somebody i because when you shoot them it's over you can't say oh i'm sorry let me take the bullet out of your heart so that to me it, you know I, I there's no excuses for that and and if it's training that we need to um it's, it's, it's implement gonna, it, 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 it's going to take more than training it you 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 go to you go to intent and you go to acculturation and and, 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 and and I think the chief is very familiar with the culture, you know. And, again, we go back to the 15 on the top, 15 on the bottom, and the 70% slide there in the middle. Right. You know, no one in this job with the intent of murdering citizens and having a heavy hand. Depending okay? on the 15%. But there's, 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 there's something that happens to you during the course of this work. There's something that happens to you in terms of the course of the, the jading that takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something that happens that, to right. you, the distance that's created, you mm-hmm. know. And that is where law enforcement is woefully inept yeah. You know, not 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 for not 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 because they just don't want to do it, but they just can't do it because the model isn't there. Because if you look oh. at policing and how policing started, you know, then those are some of the answers there for you. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I, and I mean, it used to be it was important um, to prevent a lot of things in the community. It, it used to be that. um Suppression was the last thing we wanted to do. We wanted to uh, try to prevent, like, young people getting in gangs. We, mm. we wanted to deter them and, and, and establish a relationship with them before they got into gangs. And then, of course, you're never going to save everybody. And the hardcore gang members, we're going to suppress them. But, again, it goes back to establishing and, and wanting a relationship with these communities. Right. I see a lot of police departments, they don't want a relationship with the community. They just want to write tickets, take people to jail, and, and that's it. It's, it's a occupying force, and mm. that's all they want to do. And that's not the way to do quality police work. I mean, my, my, my training officer told me, he says, Ronnie, you work an area like you would want it if you live there. Absolutely. And that that's the sense. way he taught me how to do police work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I had a training officer that taught me that sometimes you have to take humanity away, but you always have to remember to give it back. Absolutely. And you can't yeah. do that if you're shooting them and killing them. That's all we're trying to say. You have brought in some awesome, awesome thought processes. Thank you so much, caller. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Appreciate you so much. Great question. He really had a good. That was yeah. good. And it's, a, it's for some more dialogue. We only have like a minute to go. Um, what's the takeaway for our our audience? Well, uh, one of the things, and I I looked at this thing with uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, mm-hmm. and it's getting so old. But they they bend and twist things to to mm-hmm. make it fit for them. But I got this uh, from the Officer Down Memorial page. Uh, the average of, of police officers killed, yearly average, for President Reagan was 101. Uh, for George H.W. Bush, it was 90. For Bill Clinton, it was 81. For George W. Bush, it was 72. And for Barack Obama, uh, Obama, it was 62. Mm. And actually, up to his sixth year, he has had far less officers killed 
on his watch mm-hmm. than all those other presidents I just named. Wow. Wow, nobody wants to look at those numbers, but, though. But, you know, the, again, when you stoke that fear, fear, yeah. anger, hate. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, the, and, and right now, fear sells. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets people to hate. Yeah. And it gets people to be angry. Right. And this is where we are. Right. But mm-hmm. we have to move from here, people. We must move from here. Mm-hmm. Um, call in, write in, text us, email us. Um, this is going to be an ongoing discussion. So we're going to have the chief back in a few weeks so that we can talk about it some more. Thanks for listening. Make sure you look on to our Facebook so you can get the information on the Asumanga uh, event that's coming up in September, September 24th. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Love you. Good show, Chief. Thank you. Good show. Better all the time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.